podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Podcasting to you from my field here in beautiful rural Ireland, I'm Trev Denny and this is the Anfield Index Podcast, episode 346, which I knew without checking. And this week I'm joined by four, three of my colleagues, which is tremendous. I have Guy Drinkle, I have Lisa Marie Hanahan, and making a return to the fold is Mr. Cam Branch, which I'm sure you'll all be glad to hear. Now, uh, we will keep to our usual formula because we've got a lot to cram into this show with you folks and we want to keep it to the usual hour and not go too long. I want to reassure you we will be continuing with the AIP despite the fact that the Reds will not be playing for the next whatever it is, four or a bit weeks. But we will very much be uh, continuing to do our show. And we've been having a conversation amongst ourselves about what topics we might have. And if you have any suggestions, feel free to get involved either in Discord or on Twitter or wherever the hell it is you can reach out to us and do suggest a few topics if you'd like. Myself and Guy and Lisa Marie had a few suggestions last week. We'd only be too grateful um, for any you might have. Um, Of course, if they're rubbish, we will kick them to the sideline where they deserve to be. But... You're wonderful people, so I doubt they will be. Now, my little contribution to the start of our show is, as ever, a bit of a funny, um, a bit of a comedy clip. And it's from an absolute classic of a TV show, which I remember seeing briefly on television and then buying the VHS copy of all the shows afterwards. They were little half-hour shows, um, and it was called Police Squad. And what they did was they worked off the deadpan delivery of Leslie Nielsen and endless puns and visual gags. Now, some of the visual gags in Police Squad are honestly some of the funniest things you'll see. Just ridiculous stuff. Um, Hugely funny. So what we're going to do is we're going to play the intro to one episode, which has one of the most famous over and backs and uh, pun sequences and stuff like that. So here we go. Special detail of the police department. There'd been a recent wave of gorgeous fashion models found naked and unconscious in laundromats on the west side. Unfortunately, I was assigned to investigate holdups of neighborhood credit unions. I was across town doing my laundry when I heard the call of a double killing. It took me 20 minutes to get there. My boss was already on the scene. Frank drives into a bend. He always drives into a bend. She's the only witness. According to her, the gunman shot the teller. She grabbed the gun and shot the holdup man. It's the same M.O. as the others. It could be, but this one has an interesting wrinkle. The gunman twice is a good family man with no prior record. I talk to her? Sure. 
So they're rolling out a 75 foot long stretcher. Policemen are taking pictures with the corpses and there are chalk marks on the floor, one of which is an Egyptian pharaoh. <laughs> Sally Decker, Frank. Hello, Miss Decker. Hello. I'm Captain Frank Brevin. I understand you've had a pretty rough time. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Cigarette? Yes, I know. Well, do you feel up to any questions? I'll try. Where were you when all this happened? I was right here at my desk, working. And when was the first time you noticed something was wrong? Well, when I first heard the shot, and as I turned, Jim fell. Uh, he's the teller, Frank. A Jim Fell's a teller? No, Jim Johnson. Who's Jim Fell? Well, he's the auditor, Frank. He had the flu, so Jim filled in. Phil who? A Phil Jen. He's the night watchman. <laughs> Fully Phil had been here. Now, wait a minute. Let me get this straight. Twice came in and shot the teller and Jim Fell. No, he only shot the teller. Jim Johnson fell as ill. Okay, then after he shot the teller, you shot twice. No, I only shot once. Twice is the hold-up man. Then I guess I did shoot twice. Well, so now you're changing your story. No, I shot twice after Jim fell. You shot twice and Jim fell? No, Jim fell first, and then I shot twice once. Well, who fired twice? Once. Now, he's the owner of the tire company, Frank. Okay. Uh, once is the owner of the tire company, and he fired twice. Then twice shot the teller once. Twice. And Jim fell, and then you fired twice. Once. Okay. All right, that'll be all for now, Miss Decker. Now, we'll need you to make a formal statement down at the station. Oh, of course. You've been very helpful. We think we know how he did it. Oh, how he couldn't have done it. He hasn't been in for weeks. <laughs> well, thank you again, Mr. <laughs> weeks. Saul Weeks. He's the controller, Frank. Oh, man. <laughs> right. I could go on, but... Uh... My favorite one of those, of course, was, and I was used regularly uh, as a non-smoker, I was always able to use this when someone would offer me one and they'd say cigarette and I would always deadpan just go, yes, I know, uh, which is always, I think, a <laughs> proper response to that. Uh, we have also got some introductory stuff from uh, the others in our group, and we'll go straight to uh, returning old boy Cam Branch. How are you getting on, first of all, man? Nice to have you back in the fold, um, even if it is a fleeting visit. Um, it's, deli it's delightful to have you back in the, on the team. So how have you been keeping in the interim since we've spoken to you? People will want to know. Yeah, I've, I've been good, thanks. Um, I just needed a little break away from... All things in life, as they say. Um, uh, nice of you to let me gate crash today. Um, I don't think you were really expecting me to be here, were you? So, uh... No, not at all. <laughs> although, <laughs> not although I did put it in the WhatsApp group earlier in the week, I have views, and nobody responded. So I thought, okay, I'll just gate crash then if it's going to be like yeah, that. You, so, you, right? you can't just pop a statement like that into a WhatsApp group. I have views. About what exactly? There was literally no context for it. Well, I thought I'd save it for the show. You may have just yeah, went but... for a hike and had a nice view. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly 32nd that. floor. Yeah. yeah. Uh, excellent. So, so go yeah. ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no, no that um, police, uh, what was the name of the show again? Police, police Squad. Police Squad. Police Squad, yeah. Um, I think I remember that scene. It's it's actually in their own um, uh, office in, or, or something, isn't it, in the police It squad. is. It's in the station, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's in the station, yeah. So Leslie Leeson walk, walks over the... Uh, 
like you say, the uh, the markings on the floor, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah, it's yeah. like the visual gags are ridiculous. Yeah, like I mean, at one stage, there's the cameras on uh his sidekick who's the, the you know is his his boss and it's it, it's a full-on head and shoulders shot and you can see the top of the desk yeah and yeah, the world the word player is brilliant it, it's brilliant but i once so so he's talking away and then he leans forward as if he's leaning into one of those you know old-fashioned sort of um uh microphone sort of systems that people would have you know you talk into a little sort of speaker thing and your secretary will come in and then it pans around fully and he's basically leaning down talking to a guy who's the far end of the desk who's about two and a half foot you know those kind of gags yeah, yeah. like he's leaning down to talk to him yeah. those are those are absolute gems i, I if, you, if you if you haven't seen it just go and have a look at police squad highlights on um on youtube you will you will be uh diverted uh, do, you, do you have anything particular for us to start yeah i've not been on social media for a while uh, I've, um in, in all this time i've just been away from it um but i, be, I believe there's a some, some you know there's some big stuff going on in the world of a Twitter, Twitter, whatever you want to call it. And uh, mm. I believe it's turning into a little bit of a shit show from what I can gather. And um, I was thinking if, if if that's actually genuinely the case, then maybe uh, Mr. Musk, um, maybe you could buy Fox News as well. Oh, I see where you're going with this. Yeah. I, I, I see where you're going with this. The, well, the I... As a whole. I think not to uh, not to not to undermine your um, uh, your uh, cu- cutting satire. I actually have been listening to a lot of interviews with the guy himself over the last while, and he's saying the quiet part out loud, and and nobody's listening to it because people aren't getting to hear these interviews for the most part. But the most interesting recent one was. Uh, a chat with a sponsor and basically he got all giddy and carried away with himself and uh, the bigger picture here is get everybody sort of what he calls authenticated so that then twitter can turn into something like what wechat is in china um in other words an app for everything but most importantly money transfers bank activity um, because you're already authenticated so now you can effortlessly do um all that sort of business Elon wants to be your bank. That's what this is all about. That's the big game here. Certainly, it's the longer play. Now, whether or not enough people will sign up, therein lies the problem. I think that might be the Achilles heel here because I know I, for one, much as I like Twitter and I've used it, and it would actually be worth a euro to me when I compare it to other things in my life, I'm just not going to pay it. <laughs> you know, I'd rather take out a subscription to something else. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Keep an eye on that particular one, though, folks. That That's what he's actually talking about, despite he the fact crypto. that you're not here. He's, he wants to push crypto. Well, if, if, eventually that would be the perfect platform for whatever Dogecoin he's into, right? So it would, be, it would be interesting to see what happens there. Um, Look forward to more of your cutting with young young uh, uh, Branchy as we go through. And uh, Guy, who is overhearing myself, Lisa Marie and Cam talk about our ailing and ageing bodies and how we can't see anything anymore. And it, all those young people, grr, he was just like laughing to himself quietly going, I'm grand. So... How have you been then, uh, young, healthy, drinkle? Yeah, I presume you just uh, you're just uh, in in the pink of life, quite happy. Uh, do you have anything to 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 begin with uh, that's not of one of the topics we're going to be chatting about? 
firstly, I'd just like to say I'm okay. It's a bit windy. That's my only ailment. Um, <laughs> You're a bit windy or it's a bit windy? A bit of both. A bit of both. Um, <laughs> Pepsi Max is a dirty drink. <laughs> so, um, and also, Naked Gun films are fantastic, which obviously follow on from Police Squad. So, yes, oh, please. Nice segue, more yes. of that. Um, so, last week, I introduced... My new way of finding films, and it was Famous Birthdays. And we obviously went and found Matthew McConaughey's worst film. Mm. We've gone up a level. Happy happy 48th birthday to Leonardo DiCaprio. Possibly. What? Yes, he's 48. Holy shit. Oh, that that makes me feel quite youthful. There you go. I do too. I like oh, that. great stuff. Nice, yes. I thought, he oh, just plopped, way... I just thought he plopped into like existence when he did come ca- uh, catch me if you can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course, you've missed all the floppy-haired teenage films. Yeah, but by the way, uh, in case anyone's wondering, that was not Kathleen Turner coming on there in the background. That was young Hannahan, who's got some sort of uh, uh, cold. So she's she's got all, all husky and, 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 and croaky on us. So you got to hear in her second. So brace yourselves, folks. Um, so you have looked up Leonardo DiCaprio's um, um, Best past film. movies. Now, the thing is, he was kind of a chosen one from the start, man. So you're going to struggle to get a bad one here, are you? Hello. I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a tad predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa, he does Anfield Index. He presents a tad predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL Roundtable, they're every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye bye. Critters free. Holy shit. When was that made? This was made in, I have it prepared, 1991. Yeah, okay. So, okay. Let's just go so back through yet. Critters. So, Gremlins, yeah. which this is a film I presume is a parody of, Gremlins was 1984. We all love Gremlins. We love that shit. Gizmo and the boys. Critters won, 1986. Yeah. So Critters 3 right. in 3D. And to my beautiful knowledge, we have Critters 5, which was made in 2019, which I will be checking out very soon. Um, well, I, I I think we must see that one and hear yes. about that because now we'll have all the benefits of uh, shit modern effects as well. Wow, wow, wow. So I reckon Leonardo so, should return for Critters 6. Absolutely nailed on. So hang on, 91 Leonardo, I know this because in 1990 I was 17. So he's 17 in 91 because he's a year younger than me, according to you. So he's only 17 years old. He can't be that far away from being in things like um, This Boy's Life and uh, Romeo and Juliet and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, anyway, this is interesting. Go go for it. Critters 
three. Critters three. I'm just scrolling down for the better storyline. Um, in what appears to be a cross between Critters and the Towering Inferno, the residents oh, of a shoddy LA apartment block are chased up to the roof by hordes of what was the eponymous? Eponymous. Eponymous hairy horrors. There you go. So, so hang on. I, I have no idea because I've never seen even a poster. What are these critters? What do you have? You got a visual? Can you give us a? Uh, I mean, is is there is are are they truly horrific? Are they kind of cute and cuddly? What are they? They are basically. Um, I'll 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 just link. I'll, it's easier to link. It's hard to describe. Right. But 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 this being for an audio, yes, this being the, an audio medium, I need you to share in this. But basically, okay. it's like a, a Kirby with its face cut out, and then like a dinosaur's face put on it. Oh, right. That's actually that's actually um, that sounds quite compelling. And yes. um, it's just oh, oh, holy shit! Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's got double teeth rows. Yes. It's basically and an red eye. Yeah. Red eyes and a serious comb over sort of effect on the old fur at the top. Uh, little creepy claws. If we're being honest, it does look very, very, very um, sort of knockoff, cheap, uh, schlock horror type creature, which we would expect yes. in a movie called Critters 3. Do you have a plot for us apart from the fact that? They're surrounded in a burning building by these lads. Are, are, what did the lads do? Did they did they feed off them? Did they eat them? Did, what did the critters want? Um, because I'm pretty sure I've seen critters one. I've not delved into critters three. I believe they're just like eating people. Oh, they eat people. Lovely. Yeah. Well, they they do have the mouths for it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're just like yeah. Because I think they're aliens rather than some like obviously gremlins. It's like a magicy creature thing right. so i think that i think they are aliens because in the trailer there is a spaceship and also there's a there's a critter grabbing a boob by the look looks of it so of course stuff. of course yes. they they like eating people and yes boobs. yes, yes. one yeah. hiding in a washing machine so yeah, I yeah. Think they just like eating people and killing people little pervy yeah. people eaters excellent excellent hiding in washing machines reaching out to grab the odd boob and eating lads what a wonderful, what a wonderful, wonderful subject for a movie. Do you, do you usually have a quote for us? Do you have anything by way of some dialogue from this film? I do. Let me just load it up. <clears throat> so this is Annie talking to Clifford, who is her dad. Um, <clears throat> dad, you're going to have to deal with this. You've got to think about it, make some decisions. Now, this is where the Oscar comes. Annie, I'm going to eat my dinner. And then I'm going to watch some moronic situation comedy. And then I'm going to sleep the sleep of the dead. Can we worry about this tomorrow? <laughs> oh, that's tremendous. That's tremendous. That's almost as good as in your average horror movie when someone says, I'll be right back. Let's split up. Let's, let's, Let's split up. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I'm going to sleep the sleep of the dead. That is absolutely wonderful. Man, you've once again absolutely outdone yourself. And what a war worthy, actually, addition to the canon where we can, um, you know, people, if they like this one, have a whole, you know, range of up to five, you reckon, movies to get stuck into. Tremendous stuff. I shall tweet Leonardo about the ship, don't you worry. 
absolutely tap him up tell him he's required for um uh, the fifth edition um this was his please. first film sorry it has to have been his yeah. first film yeah because like i said he was just he that kid was fast-tracked it was he was he didn't have to really serve an apprenticeship he didn't do a lot of shit movies he was just in from the start when he made his first big proper one but obviously critters was his uh his little leg up I, I, i'd love to actually see him and i wonder is he actually a, a major role in it i wonder or is I'm he like sure. he, there was a quoted bit but it was like not even worth quoting so he has yes. lines, obviously. <laughs> he has lines, yeah, but that would suggest he's probably not. He's not like a, 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 a getting too much screen time. So that's that's interesting. I'm I'm, I'm fascinated. I will be looking that up later because that's basically the kind of guy I am. And Lisa Marie Hanahan, and it is Lisa Marie Hanahan for those who doubt it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> in case you know you're wondering, the, the laugh at least is recognisable. But in a minute, you'll just be going. Who is this throaty um, Southern Belle chatting to us all the way from Tennessee? I, I I had about three things to talk to you about about Tennessee that I read during the week, but they're a little bit too political and not worthy of of, of our of our time here. I, I'll I'll speak to you separately. How, how have you been apart from sore throaty? Actually, the irony is I don't feel nearly as bad as I sound. I, I actually feel pretty good. The throat isn't even actually sore. It's just very raspy. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I have a ten. All right. So child number three, Mary Kristen had a really bad cold last week. And so this seems but hers was all congestion and, you know, just but mine seems to have just really settled in my throat, which is something that happens to me from time to time. I go through phases where I'm very prone to laryngitis um, back in high school. And it would always be inconvenient. Like the first time it happened to me, it was like the week before um, spring play tryouts. And so I literally did not talk for three days. So I would be able to try out for the spring play, um, which I did get a lead in. So that worked well. Um, my family, however, was very amused by the fact that I did not speak for three days. Um, and then the same thing actually happened again my senior year. I was already in the spring play. Um, we did the Crucible. And I was Mary Warren, which required a lot of, if you're familiar with the play, a lot of hysterical screaming. And so I basically shot my voice about a week and a half before the opening performance. So I had to not speak for a few days then, too. So anyway. No, no, um, no, 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 no. Hang about <laughs> Hang about. How have we gotten to this stage of our podcasting career and friendship and me not know that you are a former thespian like Well, myself? because I only did plays in school. I mean it never was beyond that. Wow. But still, I mean I mean it's that's a big ask. That's a big part in a really serious play. I mean, it's well, not yes. like you're not you're not mucking about there if you're doing the crucible. Yeah. Uh that's that's some heavy heavyweight oh, yeah. stuff and, and it's a, it's actually quite a good part that too there's a lot of chance it to was and you know, really at the time yeah. i was disappointed i wanted to be elizabeth proctor of course you myself did as elizabeth proctor that's who i wanted to be and when i was actually my um i guess it'd be exaggerating a bit to call her my nemesis but yes my nemesis was cast in that role and i was you know that yeah. was just insult to injury um and of all people, her younger brother was 
standing next to me as we were reading the cast list. He was he was also in the play. And he goes, you know, can I think I turned to him and I said, congratulations. And he, you know, he said, oh, same to you. And I was like, oh, thanks. And he goes, that's one of the best parts in the play. And I was like, oh, okay. And then, of course, the more you got into it, you realize it is very, it's kind of pivotal. Um, I thought you were going to say your nemesis was Winona Ryder who got the part. No. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, She's she's around about our age, you know. She is definitely around about our age. I thought you might have uh, gone to school. Winona sounds like quite a Tennessee name, too. (laughs) It does, actually. Um, So anyway, but yes, no. So laryngitis is something that, you know, hits me every now and again. Um, It was always amusing. I remember having a case of it when the children were small. And um, yeah, that was, you know, you can't yell a lot. So I... (laughs) kind of you know, perfected you, that whisper yell thing that moms are really are good at say, anyway. Well, that are you saying, to, to perfect them. Are you what? saying your parenting is reliant on yelling, Lisa Marie? That's some, that's a terrible admission. <laughs> Don't get me coughing, because if I start coughing, you're going to think I'm dying of consumption. Um, <laughs> anyway, so because I had laryngitis and I wanted to be able to participate in the podcast, I turned to, you know, the source of all things good, the internet, to see if, you know, there were maybe some, you know, remedies that that could help me. Um, and I found a couple of really interesting ones that I did not use, but one was they recommended just slowly chewing on raw garlic. Uh, no, oh, yeah. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice. Another one was to make a syrup of onions. This is an excellent, I've got this up right here. This is an excellent treatment for laryngitis since onion syrup is a natural medicine. Chop three to four onions of medium size, simmer them in four cups of water up to when it turns into the consistency that looks like a syrup. In a cup of warm water, add five tablespoons of already made onion syrup and mix. Put in a little lemon juice and a tablespoon of honey and slowly sip the mixture. Slowly sip onion syrup. No, thank you. No, no, absolutely not. Yeah, so that was a hard pass. Okay. Um, Also, you should not be shouting or singing loudly for long periods of time. Again, thank you for that excellent advice for laryngitis. So, Mm. Um, but the one that I I should have known um, because my mother taught me this years ago when you have a sore throat is gargling salt water. Um, which is also apparently good for laryngitis, which I did this morning and my voice recovered a bit. So um, unfortunately, I then had to go on a conference call for work for an hour. So it's anyway, but it's actually sounding not too bad as I talk. I mean, it's obviously not my normal voice, but it's not too bad. So anyway. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so salt water was the one in the end. OK, OK, yes. I like that. So that I, would be the one I would recommend um, is and I have drank approximately 22 cups of tea. Um, and so, yeah. So when you get really bad laryngitis, does your voice actually disappear? Just about, yeah. Yeah, okay, okay. I, I, I had one experience of that, and it was kind of frightening because I realized if I can't talk, what the, what the fuck am I going to do? Because <laughs> both my jobs exactly. are I, I I literally can't do either of the things that uh, I've committed myself to. So it's quite, it's quite a freaky thing. Um, Cam, if you got a bad dose of a sore throat, what do you do? I'm going to try the onion syrup now. I'm really oh, intrigued by it. Really? 
Do you not think it sounds really? absolutely geek? <laughs> you only live once, Travinda. You know this. Yeah, but you may not live um, after that. That's wait the... a minute. Wait a minute, Trevor. Let's consider who this is. This is the person who drinks Pepsi and milk. Yeah, of course. Of no, course. no, 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 not Pepsi. That's pretty cool. <laughs> he's a, he's brand loyal. <laughs> well, I, I do like my Pepsi bad. Back. You know, I mean, but it doesn't make me windy like drink all that. So um... Pepsi, no, Pepsi Max. Pepsi Max yeah. is a gassy bitch. <laughs> yes, people know. Oh man, that is the quote of the show already. I I know that already. I told like we should. It would be a title if we could if we could put profanity in there. But alas, I did it once and I had to put stars in. So I just wasn't. Well, yeah, well, then that works still, then doesn't it? So. It kind of does. It kind of does. Back to the original question, it's always salty, warm salty water. Oh, you do that too. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mother, mother bee, mama bee, um, has always a. Uh, endorse that and it's great it does work you you it should do it work. um what, what when you should best the ideal time is before you go to bed yes. because then yes you're, you're not doing anything with your voice and your throat apart from breathing and obviously um and then um it, it just relaxes everything in there i wish everyone would listen a little bit more to that generation you know they know stuff they know stuff they know stuff that goes I was with uh, Mama B today. I took her down the park, you know, in in the old wheelchair, and um, we were just sat there and we were talking away. And she was just saying, like, we never used to get ill in the old days. Nobody used to get ill because I just I just brought her back from the uh, GP's. For, she had a flu jab. Then I said, "Come on, let's go down the park. It's not it's nice today. It's not it's not cold." So we just went down the park, looked at the ducks and the swans, and I said, "You know, that's King Charles's swans. Don't be killing them. You know, we might get." Locked up in the tower or something. <laughs> you know, the lizards might come and eat it. So, um, but she was just saying, you know, because, you know, she's getting older and slow. And she's like, you know, when we were younger, nobody ever got ill. I have a theory on this, too, though. Oh, oh God. I, 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 I this is really good. Go on. No, no. My theory is, I mean, look, <laughs> I'm all for, you know, but I think things are too clean, you know. People are just like crazed, at least over here, with, you know, keeping their houses just like you could perform surgery on the kitchen counter at any point in time. Mm, mm, and mm. so you're not gathering those, you know, immunities to things if you're just constantly disinfecting everything. Now, obviously, there, you know, it's it's a kind of a catch-22, but but I do think there's a little bit to that. You're a thousand percent right. The CDC just came out and said that everyone's getting calls now because they have low levels of immunity because yes, they were, they because were ma- ma- masked up and rubbing shit into isolate. their hands. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so of course that of course that's true. And if we cast our our minds back, uh, I won't include either either of you, but I'll say when I cast my mind back to the prehistoric era in which I was a child, you were kind of rolling around the ground eating and licking yes. dirt because it was uh, nutritious. The, the you know. garden hose and yeah. everything oh, else. Exactly, all that stuff. So so of course, of eating course. worms. That's eating worms. And me and Sean Dyche mm. have the record for <laughs> worm imbibement. Uh, I just looked at the clock. We've been talking oh, no. shit. Long time. Can we get back to the football? Because at, at least at least two listeners have gone. 
Is this not supposed to be about Liverpool or, or, or why are they called Anfield? They, they left 15 minutes ago. We'll continue this shit. <laughs> Actually, do you know what? Yeah, Sodom. <laughs> Sodom and Gomorrah. You know what? We'll talk about the three big topics we need to talk about in a kind of whatever amount of time it takes. The big story, of course, of the week is the fact that an announcement was put out which can be interpreted in many different ways. Um, having spoken to several people and listened to all the various voices in our channel and compared and contrast them with some other voices who I think I don't have quite as much respect for, it would seem to me that my initial take, which is why would you do this now if it was not an actual thing? Uh, why would you have a story going to a journalist who is sort of quite universally accepted as being one of the ones who doesn't tend to talk shite or at least has the official line, whether that's shite or not. Why would there be uh, distinctive uh, links to, to, um, of, you know, the world's great corporate uh, banking institutions? Why? Why now? If, there was not a thing about to happen. And of course, if you have any sort of awareness of what's going on around you in a general sense, you'll see that that's what, that's what happens in the world when a government, for example, wants to break some news to you that you might not necessarily like or you might like or who knows whether you're going to like it or not. They fly a kite. And this to me sounds and feels like a kite being flown. And I, I don't really have a huge amount of time for any other takes on it. I absolutely get that the statement itself is absolutely non-committal, And it talks about, if anything, just the idea of a stake. Now, everyone has essentially jumped the gun and decided to talk about entire ownership. And I, I can see why you might do that. And I can also see why the idea of selling a stake might be a thing too. So I want to just get a feel from all of you guys about this. I'll get the ball rolling by saying that I'm immediately bored. I'm immediately annoyed. I wish it'd fuck off as a story because I feel like it's not going to end anytime soon. And as a result, you know, we're going to lurch into January. People are going to have their hopes up and they will be quashed. There'll be excuses, X, Y, or Z for why things don't happen. I'm being pessimistic here, but this is what, what I've... I'm not being pessimistic. I think I'm being realistic. This is what I, I expect to happen. There's about 18 reasons from Sunday why nothing could happen, because if we're going to sell then, and if we're not going to sell then. So... This is already frustrating and annoying to me. And how long does it drag on for? And what if it is only a stake? What does that mean? And if we divide the club between several other Americans, which at the current moment in time looks like being the most likely, if you add the totality of reports, what does that mean? Because are they going to be as hands-off as FSG in terms of, uh, you know, decent custodians, but not driving the club to the success that we want to see. So a lot of questions to be asked. So let's get all of your takes. I've wittered on enough and set the thing up. So Cam, you've been the voice that's been missing for the longest time. So let's start with you. Um, I realize you're not 
deliberately you're not uh, uh, participating in the social media where an awful lot of this stuff gets talked over you might have had a glance at the discord maybe not but you certainly can't avoid the story brother so when you hear it what are your hopes what are your dreams what are your takes what 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 does this mean to you and and how how real do you think it is oh uh, they're selling up uh, 100% and the reason I say that with a degree of certainty is um, the Boston Globe, which is owned by John W. Henry, um, has reported so. And there's no way they could have reported that in his own newspaper unless that was the case. So I don't believe it will be uh, a minority stake. Um, I don't see what somebody would gain by, say, the club's valued at four and a half million whatever dollars whatever it is and uh and they they say um they're gonna give them 30 percent which is let's say one one and a half million dollars whatever it is and uh you know they 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 don't get a major say within the club I, i don't see why somebody would do that what do they gain by doing that um it doesn't doesn't i don't know um there's there's so many people within fsg anyway there's it's not just John W. Henry and Tom Werner, there's lots of people involved in this. I mean, LeBron James owns 5% of, of Liverpool FC. You know, he's on a winner now, isn't he? So he's got his chicken dinner. Um, but Redbird Capital as well, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, again, what, what happened with them? So I don't. I think any potential uh, They investor invested in look- FSG rather than Liverpool, uh, just to... Yeah. All oh, right. Yeah. Okay. A hundred percent. But that. But yeah. but, yeah. but I'm, there's a, there's a clear yeah, yeah. through line there. Is my point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for me, they're selling up. I think they've realised when they came into the club, they saw a business opportunity. They're business people. They're 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 streets. They are very very savvy. They're not stupid people. You don't become as successful and rich. As, as these individuals, the, these organisations, without having your head screwed on. So they saw an opportunity, fair play to them, uh, the opportunity to present itself. They took over the club and they, they, had a, they had a vision. And that vision involved financial fair play. Financial fair play got blown out of the water by the sports washing uh, clubs that are out there now. And they quite simply couldn't compete at that level. They they believed in a and they they tried to implement moneyball. They tried to do they tried to do a lot of things, and they it didn't quite work out the way they wanted. Um, but I for one am for, will forever be grateful for what they have achieved. They've they've done a lot of wrong, but they were owners who recognised those wrongs and tried to put those right. That's that's really huge. That's big in an ownership that they can hold their hands up and say, yeah, we've we've made a mistake here. We, we accept it. We acknowledge it. We, and are prepared to work with the fan base, with the supporters, and put those wrongs right. We, not many owners are going to do that. So I, for one, applaud them. People say that they were lucky to get Jurgen Klopp. No, not at all. Not at all. Jurgen Klopp was lucky to get Liverpool Football Club. Jurgen Klopp was lucky to get us as a fan base. Despite what anybody may think, that's my view there. We're lucky to have him. He's lucky to have us. Anybody, don't we? As a fan base, we shouldn't put ourselves down. 
Where, I think that's a, that's a great show. Come, come. it's a great show. Special. Yeah, we it's are, We are we are part of what the and what FSG are selling. A hundred percent. And people don't say that enough, you know. I'm I'm okay. delighted. I'm delighted you went there because in it, it, an awful lot of the assessments here are this kind of self-flagellating kind of. Oh, when Jurgen goes, it'll all be over. Hang on, you're a Liverpool fan. That's a oh, Liverpool football club fan. Exactly. Like, have you any take? Maybe us old fuckers have an idea about the club that goes back further and therefore mm. have an idea that there are peaks and troughs. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad you went there, man, because I think that's an important point you just made. It's, it's a huge point because what makes them feel special? Not the stadium without the fans is just bricks and mortar. The fans along with the stadium, it, everything complements everything. Jurgen Klopp complements the fans. The fans complement Jurgen Klopp. FSG complement Jurgen Klopp. W- whether you like it or not, yeah. they were still responsible for bringing him in. They, they, Jurgen Klopp could have chosen any club he wanted, but he chose Liverpool for a reason. Why? Because of what FSG sold him. If they don't forget, Jurgen Klopp could have gone to Man United. Didn't like what he heard. His wife didn't, Ola. Is it Ola? Is that right? Ola. Ola, yeah. She didn't like what she heard. FSG sold him Liverpool. She still yeah. deserves a statue for that, by the way. They do. They do. I mean, I mean, me, Trev, um, all of us, uh, Lisa Marie, Guy, um, Young Coppat, we've all said some of the football we've seen under FSG and Jurgen Klopp has been the best football we've seen. That 13-14 season, when we nearly won the league under Brendan Rodgers, I was sat with Man United fans and they were, you could hear the gasp at some of the football that we were playing that season with Suarez and Sturridge and Sterling and Coutinho and Gerard, you know, being, being the number six, the playmaker, dictating, doing the Luka Modric type role, whatever you want to call it. We've had some of the best football we've ever witnessed under FSG. So I, for one, will be thankful for them. I'm sorry that they couldn't take us further. I'm sorry that they made mistakes. I'm sorry that they couldn't spend more money, whether that was by design or by choice or for whatever reason. And that has come to roost, especially this season, Mm. in the lack of investment within the team. And that's possibly one of the reasons they thought it's we can't take this club any further. They have been good custodians of this club. And that's always been their mantra. We are just custodians. We're here to help do whatever. Yes, they're going to be well rewarded for it. And fair play to them. Fair fucking play. You know, I don't begrudge them a, a cent or a penny that they have that they get because I witnessed a 2019 Champions League final win. I witnessed a 2020 almost um, you know, Premier League title. I witnessed an FA Cup win last season. I witnessed the Carabao Cup win last season. We witnessed World Club Championships. We witnessed um, obviously the European Cup as well. Uh, as I've said, we've won every major trophy aside from the Europa League and we nearly won that in his first season with a shocking team and that was down to Jurgen Klopp more than FSG. 
but we've we've had so much good under them and, and yet there's so much negativity about them well why is everybody why is everybody's glass half empty be half full be thankful to what SSG has brought to us they've brought, taken us to a place where we are suddenly valued at four and a half billion from being hours away from going out of business what the hell and now whoever comes in yes there's going to be issues there's going to be ethical and moral dilemmas and that you know we can i'm not going to name anybody but if there's if they how are we going to uh, take our high horse how, how as a fan base again we have we have a say in this i think to a certain extent yeah, we we've got to you. We we've got a voice, yeah. and we've got to use that voice. And we can't be complaining as a fan base all these years. Oh, look at what Man City have been doing. Look at what Chelsea have been doing. The way they've been generating their funds and the way they they they've been building their teams. It's wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong. Well, if that ends up being us, we have to do something about it, and we have to let any future know that we will not stand for it. You can't just be then, oh, great, yeah, you know, we've got the dollars in now, it doesn't matter. We've got the Bellinghams and the Mbappes and, the, you know, whoever is the next superstar that's coming through. It, no, sorry, don't give me none of that, yeah. You've got to do, you've got to stand up then as well and let any potential owner know that as a fan base, because we are, member football without fans is nothing. You know, you've got to cut across that before the potential owners and you've got it. We've been a pain in PS, or PSG, <laughs> FSG's arse for so long because... But it's been keep, a good pain. Oh, absolutely. But they have to keep climbing back and going, shit, sorry, sorry, sorry. And you see the boys walking backwards. Poor old That's John. Good as he well. gets He gets on video in his little chile and he says, hey, yeah. I might have got that one wrong. Sorry, lads. And, you know, there's all these rollbacks. And I, for one, I'm delighted that they actually did the rollbacks because they might not have, right? So at least they did that. And Guy, to bring you in on this, because... Uh, Cam's uh, touched on a huge range of stuff there. But what about this thing that he was getting towards at the end about potential ownership and and, and the, 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 I suppose, strength or otherwise of the voice of the Liverpool fans in that? Now, we heard, I mean, we, myself and... Uh, uh, well, we do. Just, like, let's not even. There's some fantastic shows on 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 the channel at the moment. Uh, immediate reactions to, um, you know, I was going to say Harinder and, and, and Gags and Justin did one and myself and Mo did one immediately afterwards, and and they were sort of the closest to the decision. Dave spoke about it on the day as well, and we talked about ownership, potential ownership, and we talked about issues around potential ownership. As I said to Cam just there, Guy, FSG have been quite responsive to the fans' voices. Imagine a world, if you will, in which FSG sell to someone because FSG, at the end of the day, decide to make a business decision, which allows them to cream 4.5 billion as opposed to 3.5 billion or something along those lines. And honestly, I, you know, I, I have to say, right, with my distanced, you know, observing hat on, well, why would you not do that as a business person? 
your custodial rights or, or custodial responsibilities only go so far when you're in business and it it is naive for us to get too sentimental about FSG and what they believe about the rights and the club and the feelings and the tradition. So what does happen, man? I'm sure you've entertained this possibility if we get maybe like a, a Dubai international capital or something like that and then people are, okay, well, let's have a look at this. Ooh, not really too happy about that. What do you think happens? Because there's potential carnage here, guys. Now, I mean, we're, there's there's a, a potential fan base destruction here that I don't think many other clubs would have. I genuinely do think that a lot of Liverpool fans will follow through with their uh, principles in a way that you wouldn't get with others. We've seen two clubs recently just go, yeah, fuck it, give us the money. I, I Of course there will be plenty of Liverpool fans who will fill the stadium but they'll also lose a lot and they'll lose a lot of revenue as a result of the people who will not or am I being completely naive there guy um, just to read something out before I go on uh, it goes along with what Cam was saying um, Ornstein's just tweeted this I think it broke earlier in the day but Ornstein's obviously the main journalist in this country um Liverpool director Mike Gordon is stepping back from his managing operations plus CEO. Mm-hmm. Um, Billy Hogan's taken greater responsibility at the club. Um, the Globe reported that earlier in the day. So, yeah, I think Gordon's basically second in command of FSG, and if he's stepping away, it probably will be a permanent, not permanent, a full sale um, rather than a partial one. Because, well, why would, why would he leave as chairman if not? But, yeah, it's... Um, it's such a strange debate, isn't it? Because I think if you look at the other clubs, I'm not sure what PSG's ownership was like before the Qatari lads came in, but you look at Newcastle, that was a club that was, as a fan base especially, was ground basically to paste. Mike Ashley was just trying to just basically take the piss more and more every year, every after after year. So when they got this bit, obviously you get the excitement of becoming the richest team in the world, etc. But to me, when I saw maybe the more maybe the more sensible fans, it was more we've escaped Mike Ashley. Now we can start this debate about us being sport washing. Obviously, you get caught up in the excitement of being that rich and the sense of relief. But I think it was also a relief of getting rid of them owners. I know FSG aren't like, but it's it's a debate in the fan base whether FSG are good or bad. It's obviously somewhere in the middle. Um, it's not a Mike Ashley situation. It's not, um, I can't remember the Thai bloke's name who owned Man City and then kind of lost all his money, didn't he? Um, but it, they're two clubs who had horrid ownership situations. Whereas if we went on with FSG, maybe we'd never get back to the heights of 18, 19, 19 20, etc. But we'd be fine. Obviously, it may stagnate a bit and we might become a top four team rather than a title challenging team. But we'd be fine as an institution. We'd maybe have the odd good year. But we're in no danger of basically just getting the life squeezed out of us. But if, if Dubai or another Middle East... I think, I think Dave worded it well. I think there's a stigma around Middle East. I think it's more about us becoming a, a country's plaything. Because all billionaires are, ba- are, 
have got their money somewhere being a bit of a twat. So if it's just Middle Eastern investment, that's a debate to be had. But to become a sovereign plaything, I, I don't think I don't think many would get on the yeah you're on the right. same hymn sheet with that. I'm 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 I have to wade in here with my size tens because uh, honestly, I I listen to this chat and it it upsets the crap out of me. Not because I want to be holier than thou, but like. It's not about the geographical region. The geographical region is relevant because this is where a huge amount of the world's wealth is focused. And mm-hmm. so and so you you have a high proportion of people who are uh wealthy in one spot and it tends to be uh petroleum based and that's that's what that is. Um so what worries me about it, and I'm sure you as well, Guy, and I'm sure this is where Dave was going, I, I didn't actually hear that comment, I don't, don't know how I missed that one, um, is that it, all of a sudden then there there can be this horrible, ugly, almost exclusively uh, xenophobic angle on it. And nobody gives a fuck where the money's coming from geographically. We care where the money's coming from, from... In terms of the ethical way in which mm-hmm. the money was earned, that's the point. So there's a stupidity that exists in the Twitter sphere and elsewhere, where people can't seem to differentiate between those two clearly different ideas. I wish they would. Well, I so, really wish they yeah, would. Yeah, I mean, if if someone from Dubai who was basically a banker made all these millions and billions that way, and he was part of a consortium, no one's going to be asked. That's just another no. billionaire. But if, no, if, the Oman, if the Oman or the QA sovereign wealth fund bought us, I'm not sure how rich they are exactly, but if one of them bought us and then we start fucking sporting fly Oman on our shirt and it's like, really? Is that what we are now? But Guy, if anyone wants to go ahead and read Confessions of an Economic Hitman... They'll understand how banks are bad guys. And so all of a sudden, we, we're going around with Standard Chartered all over our fronts. You that person who has everything. The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads. Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to AnfieldIndex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. There are dodgy things going on there that we can say. And and that's just like, I mean, it's it's a matter of pick your poison really, isn't it? And and, and I think regardless of where you, where you land and what your criterion is for where you think that's acceptable, that's not acceptable. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, what we're getting towards here, Guy, is that it's not about... The geography. It's about the ethics, right? It is. It is. I mean, I think Saudi's obviously the most highlighted one because, well, Yemen is fucking horrid. Um, 
the was it Cal Shoggy? Is that what you say his name? The beheading of that was so yeah, high Khashoggi, profile. Yeah, Khashoggi. Yeah. Um, and I think it was it a couple of weeks ago they killed a few people because the people weren't willing to sell their land or something like that. I may have got that one wrong, but I'm sure I saw that on Twitter at some point. Eighty-one um, people were executed. Was it eighty-one? Eighty-one were executed in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. So, and it was some of the the reasoning beggars belief. Yeah. So st- stuff like that is just unacceptable in terms of an ethical point of view. And then if you associate that with Liverpool as a football club, it's the opposite of every football club. Yeah. But yeah, Liverpool's yeah. so left wing. Uh, as a city, as a club, as a fan base, I know there's, you get the odd sneaky Tory in there. Um, but you do. You do. What's that MP's estimate? Whatever her name is. Theresa Coffey. Yeah, them twice. Jacob Rees-Mogg. Is he Imagine a Liverpool Mark, fan? Coffey, you're a Liverpool fan. This is bananas. Uh, guys, sorry, yeah. you might go on. No, we were... but that, that was important because they're twats as well. But yeah, we the ethics of these clubs, I mean, it's the... I'm not sure if it's just because we're Liverpool supporters, but it feels like we're the main left-wing club, unless I'm forgetting someone really um, obvious, but we're the left-wing club in the country, and then to just be representatives, or be be in a sport-washing vehicle, that's the answer, being a sport-washing vehicle for for countries, and that's the key word, for countries, not people, for countries that have got this wealth on... Well, basically, oil and then sacrificing people's human rights. Obviously, how they treat women in certain areas over there. Just basically, how they treat people. Obviously, the Qatar World Cup's going to be a big debate, but that was built uh, on slave labor and really cheap labor. From I think it was like people from like Sri Lanka and stuff like that, wasn't it? We can't. We can't. We can't. Like, fuck, great. We get a hundred billion. We can buy Mbappe. We can buy Jude Bellingham. We can buy Messi in a time machine. It'll feel like I, I thought I'd be fine with it when it was just a hypothetical. But now that it's reality, it's like, ah, fucking hell, do I want Saudi Arabia to own us? No, shit, no, you're City. You're, you're Man City. I can't and, do and, that. And, and, and you're Man City, and, and, and with the best, the greatest of respect to my friends, my best pals of Man City fan. Fuck that. I just, no, I just can't. That's horrible shit. It is in every time there's a story, like, Say, say Saudi bought us instead of Newcastle, and we saw that the eighty-one people get executed. It's like you'll see all these stories, and it'll get hyped up a million times because Liverpool, Liverpool owners behead eighty-one people. Liverpool owners behead eighty-one people. Yep. How the fuck? It's not. Oh, if a John Henry buys a fucking hockey team, eighty-one fucking people. Yeah. Where's the yacht money, John? Yeah. That's the worst we have to worry about at the moment. Where's the yacht money? I need to know that Lubo's John's got yacht is painted. Hi, <laughs> 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 Lubo. Look, we we I want to I want to transition this into a different take on this whole discussion from the person who's most uniquely positioned to do so because. I don't know how you've been feeling, like Marie, but as uh, a person who's got a lot of American friends, I've been squirming a bit in my seat at the constant chat about American owners and the rest of it. Because if we're all bent out of shape over here and worrying and we're having this discussion, and it's a very valid one, 
it's a hugely valid one about the potential ownership and what the fan base would be willing to accept. What is the quid pro quo uh, in terms of uh, the ethics of the people who own us? You must have noticed that now that FSG have put themselves, have, have, have made this, put this statement out there in the way that they have, and I know there are still people trying to minimize it, but God love them. I think they might be in denial. Um, now that they've put this statement out there, you must have noticed the increasing um, amount of comments that show an antipathy towards the idea of American owners, because one side of Twitter is very, 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 very anti the current establishment because either they haven't supplied them with the players that they want, they don't show enough ambition, which is something we can all sort of nod our heads with. Uh, they're uh, doing this, that, and the other. They, you know, whatever. They they don't want to acknowledge all the things that Cam said earlier on about the decent custodianship, the fact that they've um, grown the club from something that was worth three hundred million to now potentially four billion plus. Um, they don't want to talk about that. They want to talk about the things that are irking them. And as a result, they are sort of directing most of their ire towards the idea of a further American involvement. Now, as someone who can speak directly to that, I mean, that must grind your gears a little bit, right? Because if there is a potential deal to be done in the States with people who are active business-wise in the States, uh, which would be to the betterment of Liverpool. Well, sh- surely that's as valid as anything else. I mean, where are you landing with all this chat? Because you know, obviously, you're 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 deep in it since you've committed to the club, and I'm I'm very curious to get your take from over that side of the water. Okay, um, <laughs> since I haven't talked for a while, the voice sounds great, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Sorry about that, mate. We should have got, you see, you should have been piping in, but, you know. The, the last... I know, I should have. Okay. <clears throat> so, of course, God, that sounds awful. Um, as a more recent Liverpool fan, you know, um, FSG is all I know. You know, I don't know any other owners. Um, and I agree with what Cam was saying about, you know, I think for the complaints some fans have against them, They've done more good, you know, the good outweighs the not good. So, you know, that initial announcement earlier this week, you know, is, you know, does give you this little like, oh, dear God, because it's the devil, you know, versus the devil, you don't. Right. And, you know, any complaints we may have against the money, you know, that we haven't been given for, you know, to buy all the players all the time, every time. Um you know, you don't know what's coming after. You don't you don't know what's going. And and it makes me think of um, the company I work for and have now worked for for 25 years. Um, mm-hmm. We actually changed ownership about four years ago. So it's kind of a similar thing where you're like, oh, dear God. Um, but yeah, but it, I have been a little bit offended by people going, oh, God, not more American owners. I'm like, I'm sorry, you know. <laughs> I don't think I saw you minding our money a few years ago, but it is. I mean, there's not going to be, there's not going to be any, perf- there's no such thing as a perfect owner. There's nobody 
that is going to be the perfect owner that's going to do everything we want them to do. There's not going to be an owner that is going to make everyone across the fan base happy. It's just, it's just not, it's not possible. Um, you know, there's, it's, it's just not. So a lot of this I have been, I mean, I've been paying attention to, but I've also been, it's kind of like the transfer stuff that we've talked about in the past where I have absolutely no control over this. I have no control over what transfers we get or don't get. And I have no control over who buys the club. Um, they do not care about the opinion of Lisa Marie Hanahan in Franklin, Tennessee. So I just try not to let me stress it out. Let it stress me out. Like my voice is stressing me out at the moment. <laughs> I, I, th- I think that's the way, the only way to go. Obviously, you're right. And, and I think I teed the whole conversation up in that way, which is like, look, we can all be as opinionated as we want, but it's going to go the way we want. It's going to go. And FSG might make a decision that's absolutely based on the bottom line. And in that case, it doesn't really matter what you think, Lisa Marie, what I think, what Guy thinks, what Cam thinks, because it will be based on what is the highest dollar value that they can get for either the entirety of the club or the stake that they're willing to sell. And, we can't be naive about this and we can't be up in the clouds about this and we can't really 100% trust this is the conversation that we've been having so far we can't 100% trust that FSG will do the thing that will absolutely go along with what Liverpool's ethics would be because a few times they haven't and they had to be reined back in so when it comes to a massive decision like this and the bottom line is the thing, we've seen they have, they've always gone for the call that is, well, this is what will make us most profit, whether it's European Super League or ticket prices or furlough or whatever it happens to be. Now, with that in mind, I want to let Cam finish us out on this because he has been the most absent voice of late and therefore the most uh, worth hearing and we are going north of the hour as we speak. So, Cam, you reckon you have a couple of points that you want to make on this quickly? Yeah, um, just uh, it's it's mainly about uh, first one is FSG based. Um, what I'm going to say is that uh, financial fair play was was a big factor for FSG. Um, you know, for all the criticism of how they've operated the club. I genuinely believe if financial fair play was implemented correctly, Manchester City wouldn't have been able to buy the players they bought. We would have still got the players we bought. We would have genuinely had more Premier League titles because of that, because there's no way Man City would have been able to compete with us. It wouldn't have been the other way around. You don't accumulate points in the 90s using our business model and signing the players that we signed with that business model and then, you know, having to compete against a, a sports washing club. So that's the first point about, uh, I wanted to quickly make about FS, FSG in, in that regard for the criticism of why they didn't spend enough on transfers. And I, and I for one, uh, I, I'm, I'm with everyone on that. You know, in, in the whole wide world, all Liverpool fans wanted us to spend more on transfers. I agree. I wanted that as well because they didn't spend money on transfers. That was, you know, always has been everybody's biggest criticism. Nothing else, really. You know, for all all their other faults, the biggest criticism will always be they didn't spend enough money. Other point I wanted to make, um, and this is defence of Manchester City fans and Newcastle fans. 
before their owners came in, those fan bases were deprived of success for years and years and years and years. To then suddenly have that dream of being successful, they're going to ignore everything. They're going to ignore everything because all they want is success now and they're blinkered by that. Liverpool mm. fans have had success still over the years. Yep. We we are still the most successful club in English football. And because of that, we have to take that moral high ground now. We have to show the way. I need to jump in here. I don't know where you are, you're at in terms of your wrap-up, but I just want to just say, you said earlier on, who's the most left-wing club, blah, blah, blah. Who's uh, the most... That was Guy. Guy said that. Right, right. Okay, sorry. Yeah. You know, who, who, who is... Who, know, it who, is us. Who's the most left-leaning, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I, I honestly don't care. It's not a pissing contest, but I will say, obviously, clearly Liverpool has socialist leanings and uh, the, the biggest voice in Liverpool's history is Bill Shankly, and he was yeah. an overt socialist. Yeah. But, I mean, at the end of the day... <laughs> it's capitalism still runs football. Uh, this is my point. So, so yeah, what are you? What, what 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 are you willing to accept? Is where we're at now. We can all and, talk and about this. Leads to my third point. Go for it, man. Nicely, you you've done that brilliantly, Trev. You've done that <laughs> brilliantly, and and it's something just it's something Justin touched on in uh, in the pod with Gags and um, Brenda. We need, ideally, but we don't live in an ideal world. We need a form of FSG who are prepared to engage with the fan base, who are prepared to, you know, take on board what we say, but still be custodians of the club, but who can run the club in a, in a way that will hopefully bring us more success. There's no guarantee that spending money will br- bring you success. Over the last 10, 11 years, the club that spent more money than anyone have only won two trophies. Dude, are you not are you not in danger? Are you not in danger of going into red herring territory here? Because the one thing that we know I'm sorry, I don't want to derail the show this time. I'm just looking at the clock on my what am I doing? Are, are you not in danger of, of of going into red herring territory here? Because the one thing we know is that all that would have made a difference in the last while is if we had more players, which would mean spending money. And yeah, yeah. that is the thing that we are all frustrated with about FSG. Unless, unless you're a, unless you're some sort of a cultist, you yeah. are absolutely going, give us more money for players, right? Yeah, I mean, but if you look at some of the players that we were on the verge of signing, how many of those players that we didn't get have, have, are having sparkling, wonderful careers? that we're all raving about, and we're going, damn, I really wish I had that player now. Well, were we uh, only going past... for them players because FSG wouldn't give us the money? Yes, yeah. and, and, and yeah, also... It is, it's devil's you know. But you're uh, talking about the past, man, as opposed yeah, to the current... We're yeah. now, like, the, it, it, it's but, it's the last season or two where we needed things to move and they haven't, right? And, and, and that was what I said, you know, this season, uh, last this summer, gone, really showed up fsg's weaknesses and it probably said to them we can't this is why we can't do any more we've taken this club as far as we can they've realized that 
because of the, the the business model they have and they're not prepared to break that business model that's why they've now thought right perfect time to cash out here's our chips dealer give us our money guy if you were to accept the money um we're at the end of this chat here there's been lots and lots of people discussed in terms of potential owners for Liverpool. I think most of it, I think I can't 100% work out with Lisa Marie, so I, I don't want to say 100%, but the other three of us seem to think that the totality sale seems to be the most likely, mm-hmm. despite all the, 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 the chit-chat. With that in mind, and with all the potential buyers, and you have been right in the middle of it, with all the people making all the suggestions, you listen to me and Mo talking shite, you listen to Dave talking shite, you listen to, and when I say shite, I mean intelligent, beautifully okay. observed commentary <laughs> shite. Uh, you, you've listened to all the chat that's been talked. Do you have a realistic hopeful these might be good type ownership if FSG do move aside I like the sound of that Balmer bloke who owns the Clippers um, yeah he seems who's American thank you very much yes <laughs> Thanks, F- 4th of July and all that jazz um, <laughs> he seems like he obviously seems determined to get into sport obviously the Clippers from what Dave was saying, I know he follows basketball, um, saying the Clippers were basically a dead franchise till he bought them. They've not won anything, I don't think, but he's made them relevant. Um, he's got a shit ton of money. <laughs> but I, I think I've seen other stuff where he's used his money to... It may be a bit, ooh, look at me, I'm a nice bloke type thing, but it's still doing stuff. I think he's made like programmes to get... I think the term is like minorities to get fair opportunities at jobs and he's invested hundreds of millions of pounds and stuff like that. So he's obviously using his wealth to, for the sporting stuff, but he's also using his wealth to, well, not just buy a million Ferraris and shit like that and using stuff to help society and stuff. I might be completely wrong. It's just random rose-tinted Twitter stuff possibly, but he seems as good as a billionaire could be. <laughs> it's a, it's yeah, a horrid yeah, sentence, yeah, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, how good can a billionaire be? Basically, not use it for vanity projects like going to the fucking moon. Um, hint, hint. Yeah, what would you be talking about? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you know what, man? I'm glad you... Fi- I'll, uh, that's a perfect wrap-up, because... Um, Going to the moon, yes. Going to Mars. Who knows what will happen in terms of uh, uh, man's immediate future. I have this sneaking suspicion. We might have went to the moon back in 1969. I could be wrong. (laughs) I could be wrong. But it feels like that's a very low, low bar. And uh, maybe we should be having a look at the high bar that's available to LFC. And this is where I'm trying to go with this. I want us to be ambitious. I want the club to get owners that are going to make a difference for us and for them and for the club and for the trophy count, which is what I want more than anything else for this current bunch of players, which are the best that I've watched. That's quite a statement. 
be- these are the best group over the last X amount of years. The best group of players that I've watched. I've been watching since, oh my God, such a long, long time ago. Uh, and people can take issue with that statement and absolutely we can have uh, humorous and uh, interesting chit-chats over and back about it. But that's how I feel. And I think it's quite interesting that we might find ourselves in this situation where the club is about to move forward with something and we can either embrace it or not embrace it. We don't know whether it's going to be good or bad. I wish it wasn't like this. I'll be perfectly honest with you. It's a little bit ambivalent and the end of the pod should be a little bit ambivalent because we don't know whether it's going to be good or bad. We don't know what's going to happen. But I can tell you this, the Anfield Index podcast will follow the progress throughout with myself with Guy, with Cam, with Lisa Marie, and maybe Carl Coppock will come back into the mix at some point. We'll continue to see what is happening and chat about what's happening and try to give you our honest opinions about what's happening until the very death. But it is now one hour and 14 minutes, and so <laughs> we should start wrapping it up. And so I want to let everyone say, give you, give it, everyone a chance to say goodbye and if they have a plug or whatever, I'm going to start with my own. I'm beyond distraught at how shit Twitter is. I don't understand what's the point of it. I've got six and a half thousand people who follow the account and there might be four retweets of an episode of, of the great stories. What's actually happening there? I don't understand that. I understand that they're following me for Liverpool stuff. That's cool. But lots of other people are following me for different stuff as well. So, I don't know what's going on there, and that may well encourage me to go head-to-head with uh, Uncle Elon. And if I have to, I will fight him, uh, just so you know. <laughs> so if you haven't followed... If you haven't followed um, The Great Stories, go to greatstoriespod.com or go to at greatstoriespod on Twitter and just... Dig in, will you? Fucking hell. It's not a big ask. Thank you. Uh, Camp Range, anything you want to plug? Um, it's not plug so much. Uh, I'm, I'm surprised the young Coppack has never, never told us this. And um, I just want to say what a brilliant person Dr. Brian May is. Uh, today I was how many years when I found out that um, he had been paying for Sir Patrick Moore's home and for him to live there free of charge paying all his bills basically because sir patrick moore was useless with money and let him stay in his house and i just thought wow what a what a geezer that's very cool and if you don't know who patrick moore is go 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 and google the sky at night and then go and google 1969 nasa go and google the neil armstrong the boys that kid, stop it, stop it. That kid is one of the guys asking about a wonderful question from the BBC point of view about, could you see the stars? Um, conspiracy theorists may have spun it, but Patrick Moore is a wonderful, wonderful uh, figure. And that's one, uh, so Brian May, you mean Brian May from Queen, right? Yeah, 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 Dr. Brian Sir May. Brian May. Uh, Sir, Sir Brian May stroke Sir Anita Dobson, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. 
So um, does anyone okay. know what I'm saying? No one gets it. Yeah, it's fine. Maybe not. Maybe not. Um, it's yeah, no, it's brilliant. I just thought it was brilliant. I just, I, just, I thought that's so cool that he just let him, uh, you know, carry on living there because, like I say, he was a bit like me, useless with looking after his money. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you say that, you say that, you say that, but here you are right. with your fancy Christmas background. We've seen it. Yeah, yeah. We understand. Didn't you like the fact that I was wearing a nice red cap? to you today Daniel that was in honour of you as well I did I did appreciate you were wearing headwear indoors Capac yes. is turning in his grave but he's not quite in yet uh, uh, and the, the lad who wears white, white boots <laughs> like come on who else would you say <laughs> I know yeah yeah. I know oh, I, I, this is this is outside this is outside of um, what we should talk about but of course, of course, in so. the WhatsApp group yeah Carl Coppock did show us a picture of himself wearing white boots. It's all over for you, Carl. <laughs> Sorry, pal. <laughs> <laughs> Game over. Uh, Guy, anything you want to plug or mention before we finish up? I have a clip I'd like to share. Um, it'll oh, only be it'll only be, it'll only be quick. It'll only be quick. So tell me if this sounds shit. It should hopefully sound okay. Hopefully that sounded better, but R.I.P. Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman since the 90s. Uh, so many different versions of Batman, the video games, the animated series, um, the later animated films. Yeah, yeah he died today. Um, big big part of animated DC stuff, so yeah, it's a sad loss for me, personally. Did he do Arkham Asylum as he well? He did. He Guy. did the he did the three Arkham ones. He didn't do Origins, but he did the three of us. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, yeah, that's a guy who who has had uh, an impact on a lot of people's listening careers and viewing careers and video game careers. And Lisa Marie, let's finish with your plug, if you have one. I do. Um, if you have enjoyed my voice today. It is scheduled to be on the show tomorrow. <laughs> Sorry, we didn't understand any of that. Sorry, start again. Oh, my God. Okay. If you oh, enjoyed I'm this, joking. my voice. I'm joking. I'm joking. Hear me? Yes, we're, we're just, I was just taking the piss. I'm sorry. Okay. If you have enjoyed listening to my voice today, it will be on Nina's show tomorrow after the Southampton game, which we didn't talk about at all, but that's okay. Um, so, yeah. And we're going to hope I'm not a jinx because... The last two times I was on, we lost. So anyway, um, yeah, so that's that. Um, hopefully I will have a, we'll be back to my regular voice next week. Um, and yeah. You left us hanging there. I thought you were just going on, yeah, something, but nothing happened. I don't know if you lost, if you lost Lisa Marie, or maybe we have. I'm, I'm here, I'm here. Okay, you just you just went. Yeah, so, I just yeah, stopped okay. talking. She I went for the mic. She say. went for the Michael Bay. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> the Michael Bay finish. Let's go. Nah, I'll just leave this end as chaos. Let's go. She just went full we need some nickel, nick, I'll finish this with a bit of Nickelback and we'll end it there. Ah! <laughs> 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 a bit of Nickelback. All right, well, we will, we will wrap this up. Like, do you know what? It's gone long and I'm delighted it's gone long because it's one of those shows where like, there was actually way too much to talk about. And I think the first half of the show was us going, I don't even know where to start. And then we started and then we couldn't finish. And then we only got through two topics. It's a classic example of the Anfield and Next podcast. This is what we do here. We try to cater to your interests. It may not always work out, but we will continue to do so next week, the week after, week after that. I'm delighted to have Mr. Cam Branch back in the saddle tonight. Hopefully he can do it again um, without too much delay, but literally no pressure on the man to do that. <laughs> and you had our regular correspondents, Lisa Marie Hanahan and Guy Drinkle and myself, Trev Downey. This is the Anfield Index podcast, and we'll be back with you next week. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.